Hi, so today I'm going to be interviewing Arcadia, and I'm really interested in just sort of delving into the con like the history of uh, your programming, some of your mentoring experiences, and just a lot of the community initiatives and interactions you've had over the years. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, second, so I'm Kyle, or Arcadia. I've been playing Medic since like UGC season 15 or 14, and uh, I played a little bit of ESCA like 18 through 22, and then I came back in 2021 20, at the beginning to play RGL season 5. So I've been playing since then, and I play advanced now. Okay, and how did you start out playing TF2 on a casual level? I actually, okay, this is actually a good story, because I saw the, you know, the X-Tine documentary of, like, I, I think it was uh, 45 or something? It was one of the first internationals. All right, guys. Uh, but I saw, like, X-Tine's documentary for that, and, like, I'd played a little bit of TF2 and, like, a little bit of StarCraft, and I was like, oh, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play, the, play the shit out of this game. And I, uh, I kind of did. I started playing competitive like right away and looked for a UGC team. Uh, it went okay, but I wasn't that good. Okay. Um, how do you end up getting into ESCA? Uh, I just my friends got good, so like I played pretty consistently. I just played every season of UGC where I could. It wasn't like I I really want to stress that I was like very bad. I was not good. Um. I was only like 14 or 15 at the time. I guess so were other people too, especially the guys I was playing with. But um, I just name drop like I played with like Tojo and Pokemon is Epic and the Bulldozer and Jordan Serial, those guys. And like eventually they got pretty good and they wanted to play ESCA. And uh, I kind of followed, but I didn't really take it as seriously as them, to be honest. <laughs> And did you always play Medic, or is that something you ended up transitioning into at a certain point? No, it's honestly mostly recent development. Um, when I came back to the game, I really had... The, like, So I used to play Soldier and Medic and some demo, but like mostly Soldier. I was definitely a Soldier main in the before times, like with a bit of Medic. Uh, but when I came back, I definitely had no choice, though. I was just, like, not good enough at Soldier to hang with anyone, like, remotely good. So I, I jumped back in on Medic and kind of stuck with it just because, like, kind of what Blake talked about in his interview, like, I, I like Medic. I think it's pretty fun. I, th I think it's one of my favorite classes for sure, but, like, I wouldn't play it if I were just playing for fun. The same concept. I play it so that I can play it at the highest level possible. Okay. Right. Okay. Um. So, what was it like when you transitioned from uh, ESCA to RGO? Like, did you notice any sorts of real differences? Like, what was it like administratively back then and now? I mean, it's like an entire world of difference in my eyes because, like, first of all, when I played ESCA, I was like barely a, a teenager. I was a a kid. Like, when I came to back to this game, I was like twenty one. And an adult, like, with a full-time job, <laughs> like, looking for a competitive outlet. So kind of in my eyes, like, everything was different. The, like, me, who I was, and then, like, the game entirely was very different. So, like, 
the way that soldiers play, for example, like they're so much better now than they used to be. And and I, I'm approaching this from like purely sixes. I played a handful of Highlander seasons, but not enough to say anything about it. But like definitely sixes, soldiers figured out how to high bomb. Demos got much so like there was I played pre-demo nerf, if you kinda know about that, like uh like the ramp up thing, right? He got like heavily nerfed in like twenty sixteen or fifteen, I wanna say. And like his sticky yeah, it was with the damage ramp up, but also like the radius got reduced for stickies and like the damage got reduced. He got like completely destroyed in my eyes. I'm not sure how close to reality that is, but that's kind of my memory. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, it was a whole different world in to me. What do you say a lot of the people felt different as well? Or like, did it kind of feel the same? Like you were just coming back to what you already knew? Yeah, definitely. Because like when I left, I'd say like the culture of gaming in general was way different than it used to be. Or, yeah, culture of game than it is now. Like, especially in TF2, with RGL, I've kind of thought about this a lot. Like, it's kind of like a change in the form of government. I kind of felt like once RGL was in charge, they, like, heavily policed speech. If that makes sense. Like, I'm not a political guy or anything, but I just think it's interesting. Like, RGL took, like, what you say very seriously, and, like, the community kind of... Says, I mean, they, people don't say slurs. People don't say bad words as much, you know. Right. So that, that was like really immediately noticeable to me is that like people, people didn't say anything bad. Like people were much kinder, much more accepting. I think progress has generally been made socially. Hmm. That's good. And what do you say? A lot of that credit just sort of goes to RGL, yeah. Uh, I think fifty-fifty because, uh, obviously, like the. In the end, it's the players. Uh, I think ultimately a lot of people have matured and the general age of the community has risen, so I'm sure in part it's that and in part the RGL stuff. Right, okay. And how about the people that you met in the past? Did you end up like interacting with them differently at all? Like, Do you see them get to like grow and change as people? If so, what was that like for you? Yeah, definitely. I think I have like a lot of examples that I could go into, but Suffice to say, I wouldn't say I was, like, the most... I wasn't, like, really hated or anything, but I wasn't, like, well-liked or anything before. Uh, But once I came back, like, I had a much better personality, I'd say, and, like, people who used to, like, openly not like me eventually became my friends and are, like, my friends now. So I'd say, like, that's the biggest thing about the players that I used to play with, like, people who I maybe didn't have a strong relationship with with before like i do now for sure right like i thought you were a total new before you came back i'm just kidding <laughs> i i i haven't i didn't meet you until recently <laughs> <laughs> no it's all it's all good yeah i one example I'll, I'll just give because he's like well known uh fat swim dude or brody he's like well known within the sixes community and tftv i'd say um and like he and i used to kind of go at it because he was like quite a bit older than me or he still is he, he hasn't gotten any younger but, uh, like, we, he used to not like me a lot, and now we're, we're great friends, so. Mm, okay. And besides just, like, the whole, like, sort of policy on speech, what do you think some of the main differences between RGL and ESCAR? are? 
it's a hard question to nail down. I think there's there's a lot of broad ones, broad categories. So like, one you have the governance, the rules. So obviously there's like speech, but there's also the I guess the whitelist has changed along with like the balance of the game has changed slightly since I played last and or I mean like. 2016 TF2 is much different than 2021 TF2. That's kind of like how I came back. So I don't know. And then how the admins work. I, I think it's it's better now because you can actually get a hold of. Like people might say now that it sucks because like admins play usually and that you can't get a hold of them on match nights. But like in ESCA, it was much, much worse because you're like getting in contact with Try. Like he's in charge of the whole league. <laughs> you know, he might reply, he might help you, but he might be busy. I think right. the the institution of admins has been uh like not largely positive, but at least different. I don't know. What do you say it's definitely like even if they don't always make the best decisions, they always try to do their best? Oh yeah, of course. I think everyone I I never really attribute malice to anyone's actions like right. Even if you take some, like, I mean, I don't want to name any specific uh, instances recently, but there, people can change, and people generally, I mean, are just trying to do things that are to the best of their own interests, and, like, sometimes they make mistakes, but I, I generally just don't see people, especially, like, with a game like this where there's no money involved, like, I don't think there's much malice. Right, okay. Um... How do you feel, like, do you think the community treats the RGL administration staff fairly, or do you think it's a thing where it's just, like, they get misinterpreted and mistreated a lot of the time for decisions? This is... I think this is a hot take. Um, and this is also coming from someone who has zero admin experience. I've never been... I mean, not to say I've never been the admin of anything. Like, I've been a big guy at my company and whatnot, but, like, uh... I don't think it's unfair. Long story short, I don't think like when they get hate when they've done something bad, like it's not that bad. I think it's warranted, but like ultimately, I think there's just give and take, uh, and like there's always going to be some conflict no matter how good they do, how good they do. So right. okay, I think it's deserved, but they do a good job, and I think they they do try really hard and they do do a good job. Don't get me wrong. Right. Okay. That's definitely definitely an interesting take to hear. I feel like it's usually where it's like people entirely blame the admins, where people are like don't hate on the admins. You know, it's like it feels like it's usually one of two extremes there. Yeah, I definitely think like you're either an admin or you're a TFTV hater, and I'm kind of neither. Where like I, I I can respect the the like business side of RGL, and I can see how the league is run, and like people have to make decisions that are difficult, and not everyone agrees with. So. Would you consider yourself a TF2 centrist? <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> are you are you gonna make a centrist league? Centrist yeah. Discord? <laughs> TF2 political centrist. I don't I don't even know what that would necessarily entail, but yeah. Uh, uh, that uh, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> it's it sounds like it sounds terrifying though. Yeah, I I, th I think in general, like, if you ask me kind of how I feel about a lot of the drama that goes on, especially on TFTV, I'm just an, I'm an avid TFTV browser, but not an often poster. 
just because I'm I'm normal. I no way. I I like normal things. I don't know. Try to see both sides of the situation. Mm. And do you feel like TFT usually isn't that conducive towards that? Oh yeah, everyone has like their own biases, and I think uh, people are much quicker to type than they are to think. But and that's that's normal. <laughs> what do you think could be done about that as a community? Like, how could we sort of improve our social interactions? I mean, that's a hard question. I don't think you're. So, like, to answer what you're asking, I think, like, mindfulness is always good, and respect, of course. But I don't think, like, the way that TFTV works now is, like, inherently bad, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, people get flamed, and, like, sometimes people get, like, memed on and whatnot. But, like, it's it's easy to forget that it's just a forum on the internet, like, with a hundred people or so. Maybe a few more than that. But, like, you know what I mean? People, I feel, get really worked up about things that happen on TFTV, but they really don't matter that much. Okay. What what would happen if we just pull all the TFTV users into, like, their own isolated place, like what Titanfall 2 does with cheaters? Is that, uh, the, is that the timeline we need to see here? I don't think so, because, like, TFTV is such a wide... It's just hard to, like... How to say... Uh, like, collectively... Like, TFTV is just not one entity. It's not really fair to kind of put them into one ball, I feel. Because okay. there, there isn't, like... Like, obviously, the community can come to a consensus, but, like, TFTV is a lot of... I mean, it's a Reddit forum, basically. Like, anyone can post, and anyone can have an opinion, and people can click plus and minus on whatever they feel like. So, mm. I, don't, I don't think it's... I don't know. Do you, do you think TFTV kind of gets misrepresented in that sense, then, when people are, like, talking about it culturally? Yeah, without a doubt. I think people love to say that TFTV is one entity, and they love to, like, mob, but it's the same as Reddit. And, <laughs> or as any kind of forum-type community, like, pick 4chan, whatever, like, doesn't really matter. Hmm. Okay. And is there anything you think RDL particularly needs to improve on? Honestly, like... If, if like, just to stick with the theme of TFTV, I, I think the way that they deal with the forum is, like, pretty uh, primitive, so to speak. Oh, explain. I mean, it's... It feels like the admins, like, they love to stick kind of in their same group, and they, they talk amongst themselves a lot, and... You know, they deal with themselves a lot, and they, they see TFTV as, like, an outsider's somewhat, and, like, whenever people post on TFTV instead of, like, going to an admin or making a ticket or something like that, they see it as, like, an offense to them somewhat, when really it's just, like, posting on Reddit. Like, if people, if they just got, like, more in tune with kind of how the culture of the site works and how to use and somewhat abuse it like they they could definitely like use tftv to their advantage instead of right. it being like a foreign so entity do you think it's the sort of case where it's like they get a lot of mistrust precisely because of their mistrust for something like tftv and the wider community in that sense yeah i think i think it's a two-way street i think both <sighs> there's a, there's actually a lot of like moving parts here right because right. there's so, like, to explain the structure of RGL, 
right? There's like Sigafu is at the the peak. He is solely in charge of everything that happens. And then below him are like the top league admins. So like formerly Daff, formerly um Maccabus, and now like uh Reno and Virgil and uh Exa and some others. So like those guys kind of at the top all have their own motivations for doing certain things. Like how do I how do I explain this eloquently is what I'm trying to figure out. Um can I t- make an attempt maybe? Yeah, please. So maybe it's like the community kind of like represents like treats them collectively, right? Like, oh you're just an RGL I mean kind of de individualizes them. And at the same time the RGL stuff maybe they kind of like de individualize the TFTV users and the wider community. Like is that Yeah. Okay. I think that's broadly true. Is that people forget that like Sigafu is is just a guy and he's got a family and you know, RGL is like his job and he does it to pay the bills and you know, that's kind of his thing. <laughs> like, he does... Right. Yeah, so he's, like, pretty... I think people forget, like, this guy is, like, pretty risk-averse as a guy. He's pretty stress-avoidant just as a person. So I think, like, people are so taken aback that, like, RGL would not do something. It's like, well, I can... I can't really sympathize. <laughs> right. So uh, if- And yeah, vice versa. Like, I think people are so fast to... Right. So it's like nothing, like, yeah, yeah like 50 50, kind of as you were saying earlier, like both of them need to improve on it. It's not a failing of either directly. It's like you can't play the blame game there, right? You just need to improve on it collectively. Yeah, that's right. Okay. No, I, I think, think that's definitely a good message. Yeah, I think, like, if you were to have, like, more open dialogues, perhaps, or, like, I- either maybe, like, admins more willing to post on TFTV, more willing to share their thoughts. Because, like, that's ultimately the issue, is, like, there's two separate groups of people who talk amongst themselves, and they only, like, rarely communicate with each other. But if there was, like, a big link, if everyone talked to everyone, it would be good. Right. In my opinion. And it's, like, RDL usually, like, from what I've seen, it's just, like, they'll only post when it's, like, they're getting flamed and thread, like, they need to justify or explain something, like, with the payments one. It's, like, I don't think, I don't feel like they usually proactively go and seek dialogue, and then whenever they reactively do it, it's, like, they just get criticized and kind of scared off from actually approaching things in the future, right? Yeah, that's right. I think, yeah. like, if if you were to take a parallel, like, the kind of way we do things now is, is like, Valve. Valve is, like, RGL, where it's it's kind of a black box. There's not really any way for us to communicate with them, and they, they choose not to communicate with us. Hmm. And that's kind of how RGL is. But, like, if it were more like Riot, how Riot does, like, uh, they do all sorts of talks. They do weekly updates to their right. games, like, when, uh, with some. I, I mean, obviously, it varies, but, you know. Like, those are the kind of steps that it takes to be successful these days, I'd say. Do you think it's something like RGL would benefit from hiring a community manager then? Or is it really just something that admins need to do themselves? Actually, in general, I think if RGL diverted funds away from prizes and towards, like, professional staff, they would do a better job. Because right. you, you can have community managers, you can have map makers, you can have, like, league admins who like try to have some kind of style or direction if that makes sense right. like they yeah instead of just like they randomly sub in one or two maps 
you know, like the league can have like a trajectory and like a plan and that person can talk about it. Right. You know? And it's like, usually they, they're like, they just use the excuse of, oh, it's needed to like maintain a sense of professionalism or keep people interested. But you got to realize, right? Like why do, <laughs> if all I'm getting back is just like barely what I'm putting in or just like something below that, what I normally earn just by doing things day to day, you know, at work, why would I play TF2 for the financial reward? But then yeah, it's no, like, if you nobody. Real- Right, but if you really expand on just like the passionate aspects of it, right, like make it a really enjoyable experience, like we we stick to it for the experience, and I think that's definitely something RGL like doesn't understand, right? Like they just try mm-hmm. and seem too professional. I feel like yeah, hundred percent. If okay. yeah, I, I've I've been a firm advocate for like the whole time. I mean, not albeit not very loud, but I think like especially getting paid mappers that would be huge for the league. It's right. like imagine like a new map every season. I mean, I don't know about, like, I know other people disagree with this take, but I think it's fun to have new maps and get a new experience. You're not scrimming on the same, like, couple of maps every day. Right. You know? I definitely agree, yeah. And then it's like, I feel like you provide the admins, like, and the people who do care, like, much more of a support system, right? It's like everybody is kind of, like, invested more because there's that financial element, which means I think, like, all the admins and whatnot would be able to be, like, much more collaborative and yeah, protective it, of it, each other. Yeah, because right now, like, I, I mean, I'm just going to speak because I, I know that, like, the the top admins all have, like, jobs or school, and this is just their hobby. And, like, instead of playing the game as the hobby, they moderate the game as a hobby, which, like, kind of sucks. Right. Especially- <laughs> like, it would be much better to do it as a job. And it's like, especially if it's a, as a hobby and your passion cap burns away because of the way people interact with you, even if it's like some of your fault, it's just super easy to get burned out, right? And for the people who do care to just stop caring. Exactly. Okay. I guess one thing I also wanted to touch on before we leave this subject is like... Sure. So it kind of ties into all all three things we've talked about so far. And like also where I come into this whole picture is is programming. Right. I did actually like, want to ask you about your work. Well, I was going to say that, like, I think the community at large, like, forgets that software is, like, a highly technical and difficult thing to produce. So, like, when RGL wants to make changes to their site or, like, wants to add a new feature or something, like, somebody's got a program that, and either it's, like, Sigafu who gets to do it for, like, really terrible pay, or, or it's, like, me or Ad, uh, AAD, who's, like, relatively unknown in the community but does like a big chunk of the work for uh, making rgl actually run i love that he's such a nice dude yeah ad is ad is the best without a doubt but like he doesn't get paid like that's not fair and software so like i i recently got a job at like a major financial company as a software engineer so like i i i can i know how much my work is valued at in the market and like doing it for free feels really, really awful. <laughs> if that makes sense. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's really selfish, obviously, but like when I can get paid six figures to work at a, a company to do this work, like why would I get paid zero dollars to do it for RGL besides like on the weekends when I have free time? But then when I'm doing it like that, it's like gotta compete with me actually playing the game for fun. You know what I mean? Right. And I imagine it's like a lot of commitment as well, just like maintaining everything, pleasing the it's, community. Like, it's hundreds of hours, right? without a doubt. Yeah. And that kind of ends up conflicting with your work at that point, right? So it's like you need to be able to make like something out of it 
for it to be sustainable, I'd imagine. Yeah, exactly. It's like... The guys that do a lot of work in the software community for TF2, so you take, like, Icewind, who does demos.tf, like, he's a full-time software engineer, and then he does demos.tf as his passion project, but he can't play, really, or, like, he doesn't play that much. Um, and then you have other guys like 40bot who does trends.tf, which is kind of up and coming. And, you know, he, it's, it's all, it's the same story with every software guy. They either play TF2 or they work on a TF2 software passion project. And there's kind of no in between. You like dedicate your time to one or the other. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah, do you want to talk about some of your experiences just like programming with RGL, like how that sort of impacted you, your perspective on the league, or like really your life as a whole? Yeah, I mean, it's been hugely valuable to me. So I'm I'm exceptionally thankful that I was given the opportunity, even though my contribution has been pretty minimal up to this point. I've added a couple of admin pages and like generally haven't really done anything that substantial. Um so like it it sucks because I want to do more, but it's it's the same problem like I run into. I, I get home from my job, I just want to like either relax or play TF2. Right. So it's like RG also kind of like stop being what it's not, like and just kind of focusing on what makes the community and the game unique, sort of. Yeah, I think if well, not to like go go back again, but like if you could pay someone to do the software development, you would have pugs and you would have you know, a better site, and everything would be great. If you, if you even pony up, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 40 to 50 grand a year for that guy, like, I'm sure, like, as a whole, well, I don't know if it would be worth it necessarily, but, like, it's an idea. I don't know. Right, it's just, like, <laughs> the sorts of things we might need to keep in mind and try and do going forward to preserve the community and the game, given Valve's yeah. lack of support. Yeah. Okay. Right, but then, right. I don't know, in terms of, like, what I've gotten to experience like a lot of it has been learning about who Sigafu is and like what he does and who the other the other admins are like who the staff is and getting a sense of like how each individual contributes to the operation. Like, that sounds like pretty vague, but I think like to give an example of like Sigafu for example like got really excited about face it i felt and like wanted to put a lot of time into that like really try to make it work uh but like when it kind of became sevens and people sort of lost interest a bit i think i mean i haven't spoken to the guy so recently but i feel like there was sort of a lost interest or like it kind of felt like a failure if that makes sense mm, right right so, so i don't know it's easy to like not remember that this is a, a a human with emotions but you know he's got feelings and aspirations and whatnot like we all do okay uh do you still work for rgl in the present uh yes i'm technically still on staff uh, although okay. i haven't i haven't really done anything recently but yeah i think i would i'm still definitely open to contributing right. more Okay, uh, do you want to walk me through some of your program projects real quick? Like maybe uh, the TF2 player map thing, uh, yeah, soup.tf, so stuff like that? That was, that was the first project, I think. So I was decently well into my software career 
and I I don't really get to do stats that much at, at my job, so I really wanted to kind of explore the statistical realm of TF2, like one, because I think it's really interesting, but two, because I think it's like really cool, <laughs> really insightful, this map. Hmm, okay. And what was so, it? Like, so that was sort of the initial motivation to do it? Yeah, exactly. And then, like, it came together pretty quickly as, like, the initial project, but this, um, how to say, so we, we want to improve it. So obviously, like, just to give a quick overview of what this is to people who haven't seen or, like, don't know about this. So I plotted all the points. This is what's known in computer science as a network graph. And each circle is a player. And what you can't see is like between each player is a line that dictates how many logs they've they've shared. So like if you pick two points, uh, it doesn't really matter which, but they're like connected by a line and that line has like a, a weight. So the more logs that you have with someone, like the stronger you're you're pulled together to them. So like initially you kind of just throw the points onto the graph and then you kind of run like a physics type simulation to get the points to kind of scatter out and then get into these nice groups if that makes sense so like players who have played together a lot like stick together and push away players who they haven't played with you know right okay so you can see like on the top uh sort of right area the the red and pink Oh, so I should say the colors are, like, computer-generated. So, like, I had, mm, like, the program run kind of a, an analysis of, like, it's basically statistic analysis of, like, who is, like, statistically significant in the same group, if that makes sense. Like, um, to say in layman's terms, like, uh, if you're the same color as someone, it's, like, beyond chance if that makes sense so like you're if you're orange and you're like next to some people like you've definitely played with them hmm, okay does, does that kind of make sense like i'm not sure i'm doing a great job explaining this but that's that's kind of what's going on right like you're just grouping people together based off yeah. just their shared things yeah. and and yeah i want to say that like i i did n none of this by hand basically like this is all computer generated so like the colors i had no no knowledge of like rgl or anything it's like solely based on the number of logs that people play together um and yeah so the go ahead this is just for sixes this is just for sixes right now but i want to expand the project to go have both game modes have all logs and be like interactive so that you can search and like filter different time periods and have it be like a really useful tool so that like anyone can kind of look at go onto the tool and find out something that they want if that makes sense oh yeah it does it because like right now this sort of graph like takes me a fair amount of work to just produce one of so if i could make something that kind of produces infinite that would be pretty cool to me tf2 so infinite <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of my my goal right now and i have a couple other people helping me with this um but we're not we're not that far into the project do you accept donations 
Uh, I would say no, not for this, no, because oh. it's it's just for fun. You want to accept a stout Shaco? <laughs> I mean, I'd accept TF2 hats if you if you've liked what I've done so far. But I wouldn't like say, oh, please give me hats in hopes I make a future one because I I don't want to promise that because okay. it it might not happen I'll, potentially. Uh, but I want to make it happen. I'll send you one. Don't worry. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I was gonna say the the big mass at the top right the pink and purple or whatever um those are like eu players then on the left side you have na so i I think the i don't know eu that much but i think people towards the top of the like red are the better players so like i start to see some people i know like yeehaw and jevin and whoever else and like the purple players are like low mid and then NA is on the left with top invite at the top of blue, like uh, main or so, like main IM in orange, and then like open in green. And then the other various regions are. Let me see. Not exactly sure which one's which. Someone did a nice thing on the thread. Yeah, so the gray ones are Oz Fortress on the bottom right. Then the kind of teal ones, the green-blue is... or Sorry, Asia Fortress. Then the blue ones at the bottom are, like, South America. And then at the very top, the gray ones are South America. Hmm, I see. And has there been, like, was there much community interest in this? If so, was there any, like, particular, like, region or group of people that was most interested in it? Like, maybe any leagues or anything? I wouldn't say that nobody knew I was doing this before I just did it. Right, like uh, on the TFTV thing. Yeah, I I just kind of like okay, I had one problem in that like I couldn't really figure out how to get the names of the players cuz like how I do it right now is I don't know. They're, they're not to get like too technical, but I had I had trouble solving the issue of like how to put the correct alias on each point. You know, because some people alias constantly and, like, never have a real alias, so... Um... Without getting too much into that, I've already solved that for the next version, but uh, in this one, it was it was quite a challenge in the time frame. Hmm, okay. Um, but, like, did you have... After you made the post, did, like, did many people, like, reach out to you about it all? Yeah, I mean, obviously you did. And then, right. like, some other people did, too, because they wanted to know where they were and uh what what things meant so i tried to explain in the thread but uh, i didn't do a particularly good job and i i had to like send a lot of people their their names and locations maybe you should hire a pr manager <laughs> yeah truly okay um how about leaks though did any of them display interest no no one's no one's reached out to me about this but i think uh I don't know, it's like a cool passion project. It's just like, it's like a cool thing. It's right. not really that useful. It's like I've I have some more useful ideas in the works, uh, but this is definitely not one of them. <laughs> All I'm saying is this is a step towards nineteen eighty four for the leagues. Like they're missing out <laughs> here if they're not jumping on this opportunity. They can see I mean, they can detect friend groups just like that. That's actually true. I think that that would be a like actually an interesting use of this but uh i don't think they'll ever do anything like that darn they're really they're really lacking 
But yeah, I think if you were to, I, I think you could do smurf detection like this. I think that would be a good way to figure it out. Honestly, like yeah. That. Okay. Um, so when do you think you'd be like tentatively having a second version come out? Uh, gosh, I, I think like within the next 12 months, we'd like to make something public on my site. So, hmm. okay. I wouldn't say expect something, but like, it'll be on TFTV if we make it for when sure it's, when it's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's, I mean, ultimately, like, it's not as I said, it's not a useful thing. So, like, I don't feel much pressure to do it, but I like do it for fun, you know. So, like, yeah, I do it when I can. Right. Okay. It's definitely fair. Um. Do you want to talk about medic for a bit? Your experiences with that, and then we can probably get around to mentoring afterwards yeah yeah that sounds great um okay, i'm gonna go back to the in-game footage <laughs> sounds good uh where should we start i don't know um have you ever interact like do you find yourself interacting much with other medic mains or like when you first started out or in the present day yes this is a good topic because uh, obviously, I, I watched the Blake interview, so I, I heard what he said about he doesn't really interact with that many other people, but I understand because Highlander is a bit... We're, we're kind of like the opposite sides of the same coin. He's like a majority Highlander guy with some sixes, and I'm like a majority sixes guy with some Highlander. And right. obviously, I mean, not to... I think like if you were to look at... His, uh, obviously, he's like a multi-invite winner in Highlander, and I'm just like a mid-advanced player on Medic, but... Uh, I I think in general in sixes there's like you never get on a team with another medic unless they're off classing, and I think that really sucks because like a lot of medics can relate to each other and like should be friends you know but never get to. So I I made a Discord to kind of address that issue. There's like a hundred people in it now, and uh, people talk about medic sometimes, but mostly just meme and like a uh, place to hang out. Hmm. And would that be um the medic union? Yes, this is the RGL union of medics. This is totally like a public type of Discord. Like I, I'm happy if people were to just randomly join who like play competitive medic. It's hard to just like spread the word, you know, because I don't, I don't really just want to post on TFTV, because then we'll just get like, s like spammed by the children. I don't want to say their names, but you probably know which ones I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just didn't really want to get involved with that, like by posting on the forums, and I've just kind of sent it to people, and they sent it to other people. Right. So it's yeah. more like a grassroots community sort of thing. Hey, yeah. That's definitely fair. And um, what do you say? It's been like been pretty good so far. I mean, it's fine. It's, it hasn't really. We haven't really done anything like major, but it's it's like a fun Discord for sure. Because like, it's nice that people will just like. Well, for example, like if you go on TFTV and you post in like frag clips or stream highlights or something, and it's like a medic clip, people just don't really like it like doesn't get a lot of positive feedback in the same way like even if you're 
even if you're May, for example, like even if you're the if you're Froyo's medic, you like post a clip. I guarantee you, it's not going to get that many plus votes. Like, yeah. Anyway, so it's it's fun to like post stuff in there and look at other people's medic plays. So yeah, that's kind of how I, I think it's it's like fun, but nothing deeper than that, I guess. Right. Um, what do you say even like if you enter end up interacting with like medics yourself? Like the it definitely seems like there is like a sense of medic culture for sixes, like player culture. Yeah, I'd say sixes is much more tight than Highlander, at least from what I can gather from listening to Blake and like my own experience with some of the other medics. Because um, I, I know there's a lot of the top medics, they, uh, they're they just friends with their friend group, like in Invite, for example. Uh, a lot of those guys have been playing with the same group for a long time. So like, that's a little bit separate and they're all kind of friends with each other. But, like, I, I have medic friends, for example, and I know, like, other medics have medic friends from the Discord. So it's, like, kind of fun to meet people like that and be able to talk about the class. Right. I guess, like, what, what Blake also said about, you know, like, in Highlander, you you definitely do a lot of playing around your team. But in Sixes, like, it's more give and take. It's more equal, I would say, if that makes sense. like. The, the medic has a personality and, like, game style as well. And, like, you have to kind of tailor your, tailor your strategy around that, I feel. And that, that's definitely worth talking about in terms of sixes, because I think as far as the classes go, like, medics can have the most diverse skill sets, if that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yes, it's, like, much more of a sense of individualism. Yeah. Like, I can give you an example. Sure. So... Like, I'm I'm a player with, like, good game sense and, like, not so fantastic, like, aim and, like, decent movement. But, yeah, I'm just going to cherry pick, like, Roster Ronald is kind of the, the opposite of me, where he's, like, I mean, obviously, he's, I wouldn't say he's, like, bad game sense or anything like that. But he's not, like, a cerebral player, I wouldn't say, but he's got, like, really exceptional bows, like, really exceptional uh, movement and awareness, stuff like that. So, like, you kind of have to tailor your plans to those strengths and weaknesses in the same ways that like you would have to tailor your game plan to the strengths and weaknesses of like a demo or a soldier or something like that, like your team. So, right. Okay. Um, do you have any, do you think there's any like big contrasts like between like, or pioneers for the medic class and sixes that you could think of? Oh, definitely. I mean, Without without going into the redacted, um, oh oh no, I mean obviously like Shade and Nursey have had like an unimaginable effect on like what the medic class can be at the top level, um, but even like you pick any of the kind of top guys now, you you have like Lol guy who's just really exceptional all around. You have like Zilly whose whose demo reviews are like some of the most watched probably out of anyone's on YouTube and like really fantastically smart, really strong DMs. Like he's definitely had an influence on, I mean, definitely my gameplay, if not the whole community. Um, 
I'm sure there's there's more that I'm not thinking of, but even a guy like Mr. Slynn, who like was never, you know, frankly speaking, probably a bit worse than I am now, um, at his peak, uh, but still like made good ed- educational content, like had a profound effect on the community. I would bet. Right. Uh, do you think there's just like a lot more of those sorts of like guides, reviews, tutorials that are like broadly applicable for sixes? Like, do you think there's more mentoring resources in a sense? I don't think there's that many resources for either game mode, but I don't know that much about Highlander. That to to be fair, I think. Hmm. Honestly speaking, I think the medic is medic is very accessible because you just don't need to have like a mechanical. There there isn't a really high mechanical barrier for entry like the other classes because like, you know, I, I'm decent at the movement games and like I have okay aim. But you wouldn't see me on Scout outside of, like, IM or Main right now, like, anything like that. So, uh, I think, like, Medic benefits from that, but there isn't, like, kind of more guides for any one class, I feel. Hmm. If that makes sense. Right. Even, like, Division, or, sorry, like, Game Mode Agnostic, I don't feel like there are that many guides for either Game Mode. (laughs) (laughs) What about, the ban- what about the Banny guides? I don't think Banny is... Uh, I mean... I guess disrespect intended. I don't think Banny is like an exceptional mentor. Damn. Uh, but because... I mean, he's played at the top level for like 10 years. You know, he has no idea you know, like what... I mean, he can watch like an IM demo and understand what's going on, but he hasn't played like a low-level game in a long time. And he gets like kind of just has the benefit of being like the best of the best but it's it's kind of like how it's like the best coaches in basketball or or like football or any sport like pick any sport or game or anything like the best coaches are not the best players you know what i mean it's no it's no fault of banny's like he's just kind of a natural savant and like sees the game within the game you know very naturally like he can explain it to you but that doesn't mean he's going to be the best teacher, even if he's the best guy. Hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't think he's a bad teacher, or like a bad mentor, but I wouldn't say he's like the, the creme de la creme to get. Right, okay. What do you say, like, that's just part of your reasoning for like having such an interest in mentoring? I think partially, yeah, because I've, I've never been like an exceptional player, but I think Definitely my skills tailor more towards coaching. I'm just more of a thinking type player and I I I like the idea of like teaching people in general. I really have had some good mentors, so I feel like I owe owe it to the community, like payback as well. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. And it's it's just very like wholesome it's it's really enjoyable to mentor people and see people get better so that's a big thing too right um do you want to talk about like your mentoring experiences for a bit yeah yeah i suppose so um so i've been running this mentoring discord for a few months now maybe close to a year um and that's kind of entirely been a creation of mine and q uh q is like a advanced scout who's played with me now a couple seasons. 
so it's kind of like our idea that you know it's it's like we just have a an affinity to teaching people how to play the game and we like to provide that for people so i, I really enjoy watching demos with people all right <laughs> hello everyone this- okay and is that project uh soup.tf yeah so soup.tf is a website and our discord's linked there like it's free to join anyone can join you can ask for mentoring at any level like newcomer to invite i'm sure there is someone in our server who can help you you know it's uh yeah it's a good community and like a yeah it's just been a fantastic thing i think i've really enjoyed doing it in every aspect Hmm, okay and how long have you been doing it for like coaching, I started in uh, whew, season six. I I did uh, I got like ninth in Maine in season five or something. And let me let me verify this uh, just so I, I know that I'm not lying about the seasons. Yeah, season yeah, five nine. got ninth and uh, started coaching newbie mixed team drive in season six. And that was how it all began, basically. Hmm, okay. And... Alright, how has the community reception been to it so far? People have been very positive. I think... Especially, like... So obviously, if if you're watching this as, like, a, an invite or an advanced player, and you're like, what the? Kyle, like, does this? And it's like... Yeah, obviously I wouldn't, like, advertise it to you because you're, like, equally as good as me. I'm not going to teach you, you know. I'm not going to, like, teach an advanced player anything, really. I mean, I obviously I probably could, but, you know, whatever. They don't, they don't care. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, I think if you look at the impact that I've had on the lower divisions of the game, it, it's, like, pretty astounding. A lot of people have, I think, gotten a lot of value out of what i have to say and like what q has to say as well all right and you like you would say most people like genuinely act with goodwill kind of around it no oh, yeah. people don't yeah. go out of the way to be problematic no people are i i've never there's not even been a single bad instance of anything like there we now have gosh let me look oh so you just joined i'll have to give you a roll uh, I mean, it's, we have, it's like, not the real me. <laughs> Fake. That's <laughs> your We have like ten coaches now, maybe like actually no, closer to like fifteen coaches now, and they they all do like demo reviews independently of me. So like the whole thing just kind of runs, and people, you know, even if you don't like me or you like don't like my teaching style, you can find someone who you do like. You know, so like as much as I'm talking about myself, like there's other people who do this as well and yeah Hmm. it's it's been it's been entirely positive in my eyes like a a very very good thing right no i definitely say that's a legacy to have really refreshing to hear that people like actually care Mm -hmm. um are you are you into like uh pickup games at all do you have experiences with those that you'd want to talk Uh, about i mean i play pugs and i used to host a Actually, at the time, it was the largest pug group, but uh, I don't want to get into that too much. Uh, just I, I've played pugs, but I wouldn't say I'm like a big pug guy. 
I kind of know what's up, but I wouldn't. I have no no insight to add, to be honest, to that conversation. Just not really my area of expertise. I like to watch demos, you know? That's kind of my forte. Hmm. Would you ever think about branching that into, like, other games, like a professional sort of employment in the future? Hard to say. Um, Probably not into other games, uh, because I I really just like TF2. Uh, I play other games, too, like Rocket League and Dota, and I was, like, high rank in those as well, but... You know, I I wouldn't wouldn't want to do anything other than TF2, to be honest. And I don't think I could see myself starting like a media company or anything like that. Gile <laughs> Media. Yeah, that would be that would be a bit of a stretch. I'm just like, would it surprise you to believe that I'm just not the most social guy? Not like it would. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm a pretty quiet guy. In my normal life, I just type on the computer. But you're a gamer at night, huh? Indeed. <laughs> How does it feel to live that double identity? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually kind of kind of funny because like nobody at my nobody at my work really knows anything about like me or what I do. <laughs> so it's it's kind of interesting, but like at the same time, um, like have you seen Silicon Valley? Uh Silicon Valley, no. Okay. There's just, like, kind of an archetype character of, like, stereotypical, like, pompous programmer. Like, that's kind of how people imagine me in my office, I would say. Like, even though that's not really reflective of who I am, I'm just, like, kind of a quiet guy. Like, I... I clearly... I don't know how to, like, say it realistically, but I'm just kind of the stereotypical nerd programmer in, like, my office life. But <laughs> yeah, then I go home and I coach people and play video games. Have you thought about offering to uh, mentor the people at the office at all? Build up some reputation <laughs> points, you know? Uh, no. I mean, definitely not in TF2. Yeah. You'll want to up your game? Maybe make like an office TF2 team? Oh my god, that would be funny, but definitely not possible. Why, why is that? I mean, why is it not possible? Well, I mean, I live in Montana right now, so. A lot of these people are simpler folk, I'll say. And not uh, to, uh... <laughs> not gamers. Yeah, they're... They, they, they touch grass a little too much, I would say. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Would you say you're a centrist on that spectrum as well? You think it's bad to, t- to touch too much grass, but bad to also, like, not touch oh, yeah. enough grass? I, I see. Yeah. I'm, I also used to... I mean, I ran cross-country and track in college... So, like, I would say that I was, like, a relatively elite athlete in real life, and you definitely need to have balance no matter what you're doing. Hmm. It's like, yeah, too much of anything is, like, you're always going to hit a wall, unless you're just, like, superhuman, really. I don't know. But that's just not me. In, like, 20 years, could you see yourself as being, like, a super centrist grilling dad? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'll have kids, but yeah, I, I definitely I love to grill. Oh sure. no! I, I love to cook in general. You are, you are the ultimate centrist, holy shit. <laughs> I don't really like, I, I'm just not like a political guy in general, in terms of like, having a stance on things. Right. I just kind of like to think about things, and 
I don't know. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a philosopher? Uh, I mean, not like personally, but I think the reality is probably, yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I, I like to think in my spare time for sure. I, I like to think about the video game and think about how, how the world is somewhat. Yeah. But I wouldn't say, I wouldn't like call myself a philosopher or anything like that. What would you say the perfect ratio is? I'm not going to give you any further context. I just need the answer. What's the best ratio? Uh, 4 to 20 or 6 to 9. I don't know. Mm, Alright, that's pretty fair. I see, I see. One of those okay. two, for sure. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think 4 to 20 is a pretty respectable one. You see a pretty big power curve increase from like the, the early game to the late game. Certainly. Certainly. <laughs> very professional okay yeah um did you have anything else you want to talk about on, like the mentoring topic um yeah i mean i guess i i definitely want to continue to expand like how we do things i would love to get like larger how to say so like something that i think in general is that like in so like if you if you take real sports for example right like the the professional basketball players are like well aware of what value they provide to their respective community like they play basketball really good so that people watch and then they sell ads and then they get paid millions of dollars you know but i feel like there's there the top level TF2 community hasn't figured out the answer to what their value is, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. So like sure. there's a lot of people who play and they never do anything other than play. And that ultimately like I don't know how to say, like, it kind of detracts from the general value of the community because they're like taking more than they're giving, especially because like invite gets a prize pool. Versus, like, the other divs. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's, like, to prevent sandbagging and whatnot, but, like, the people who play Invite, like, they have no real incentive to do anything to provide value to the community, if that makes sense. So right. I think, like, I would love, just to kind of tie everything together, like, I would love to see some way or, like, incentive from RGL to get community members to, like, create videos like in conjunction with rgl create like guides or like do mentoring some something like that provides value back to the community because i think there are plenty of people who would do it if there was like even a small incentive to do so if that makes sense right because if if you're like i work a I work a pretty easy job as far as jobs go it's you know programming is not very difficult i can imagine being like a teacher or something like not getting paid a lot you come home you play a little tf2 you like have a drink and then you go to bed or something like that like i can i can understand that sort of mentality of like oh i don't want to do anything that provides value for the community because like it's really difficult and i don't get anything out of it so like i would love to see kind of a way to incentivize people to contribute if that makes sense right um 
Do you think that like since like that lack of value and sort of the effect that has and people not really com uh, contributing to the community, do you think that's what results in like such problematic behaviors from time to time and people just like causing issues for the sake of it? Honestly, no. I think I think a lot of that stems from just I mean, some of it is like unfortunate uh where it's just like that I mean, with recent stuff, for example, like, you kind of have, I feel like there's two broad categories of people who get kind of permanently banned for doing bad things, and you have, like, real life, slash, like, I don't know how to say, you have, like, social interactors who, like, interact with people inappropriately socially, and then you have, like, bad actors who cheat, and, like, do things to win the game unfairly. I think the latter, the cheating, less of an issue in our community because there isn't money behind it. And vice versa, like because the community is small, I think there's probably just a higher proportion of those sort of social issues. Maybe also having to do with the culture of TF2 as a video game with like custom servers and like. I don't know if that kind of makes sense, the tangent I'm drawing, but, like... It's hard to be it, held accountable, kind of? No, I think... I mean, people make mistakes, I think, is ultimately the reality, and, like, people will get caught up in doing things that are irrational. Uh, maybe they feel lustful behavior for someone that is not of age. Like, hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's kind of, like, there's nothing by and large that the tf2 community can do to stop you know that sort of thing right. if that makes sense like there's for sure it's just not really like an effect that we as a community can have i feel mm. maybe that's like just an opinion and all that like other people think oh maybe we can but uh yeah i don't know that's kind of how i see it right I feel like it's definitely something possible, but I feel like it's like usually negativity in that sense is met with more negativity that just sort of pushes them further, rather than it being like the sort of positivity that's proactive and that actually leads to like long-term change there. Yeah, I think it's hard to say. I mean, I'm I'm not a psychologist, so like I would love to see someone who's kind of the equivalent skill uh, that I am to programming, like someone that's good at psychology or like really has a good understanding of like the human psyche I, I would love to see some like more professional kind of ideas about how to deal with these okay incidents you gave me you just gave me a really funny idea art rgl psychologist rgl just yes. hires an official psychologist i mean yo lft psychologist i'm studying psychology i don't think it would be so crazy to like get a psychology graduate to like consult like very briefly yeah no actually like, that sounds yeah. pretty reasonable yeah i mean i i think there's like i mean these are like broad social issues these aren't issues with like anyone unique to tf2 right you know i know <laughs> i think it's definitely something where it kind of like goes back to the idea of instead of just funneling money towards like a totally insignificant prize pool it's like they could actually like add to a sense of professionalism and meaning to the community and to the game by just like attempting to solving those by to solve their social issues and understand the community like 
it is kind of silly to think about, but just like yeah, working with psych like people who do psychology or something like that could be, that could really help with it when it just comes to like understand the community and actually doing things rather than yeah. just funneling it towards prizes. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that would really build a sense of professionalism. Exactly. I think if that if there was one thing that someone listening could take away from this besides it's uh, besides like what I do, it's like that the idea that RGL could potentially put money towards something that isn't prize pools right uh can you explain to me like what the rationale is for like the recent logs.tf incident i was actually recording for one of my other videos and i went to check logs and uh yeah, yeah i mean i i can't speak too much to like what the individuals behind it were thinking but i can speak towards the software involved definitely oh yeah that that like as a community as a software community um so like I'll I'll be honest that we like there is a community of developers that's like I wouldn't say secretive but you know there's a community out there we we communicate a lot and like there's a couple of developers who are separate from that kind of main group like for one reason or another and I don't want to like name any names or go into too many specifics because that's just like I don't want to talk about them too much right. you don't want to bring attention to them. Yeah, anyway, suffice to say, like, the community at large generally knew because, well, Zub, Zub is the guy who runs Logs.tf. He is the sole proprietor. Logs.tf is not open source. It's not publicly uh, available in any form. Uh, so he is, like, the sole god of Logs. And he has no interaction with us whatsoever. So... The rest of us as a community were were generally aware that this was a, like a really easy thing to do, uh, as like a really annoying attack metric because like if you, so like if I go on my logs.tf profile, it's just gonna pull up logs that like are in my name or whatever, but like you could use that because you can abuse that right like you can put people in random logs you can upload whatever you want and there's like basically no uh not to get like too deep into the computer science at all but like there's no checking to see if the log is like legit if that makes sense yeah whereas like they're definitely we we've thought of a couple ways that you could do it and yeah i think it's very very doable but the like zoob has not been interested in any interaction with the rest of us developers as a community and uh i mean <laughs> what happened happened and we've kind of figured it would it could happen anytime and we've known for maybe a year now hmm. so hopefully hopefully that's like an interesting insight but yeah, yeah. for sure uh do you have any insight as well into just sort of like cheating programs, like what the rationale is for those, like for the, for the developers? Um, I actually have no clue, to be honest. Um, if if someday you could get Ad on here, and uh, I mean, even if you did get him on here, there's no way he would tell you his his true thoughts. But like, right. I would love to hear more about that because that community is like intentionally secretive and intentionally like outsider weary because it's i mean it's like <laughs> how to say it? it's it's like mostly cheaters and ex-cheaters like 
going against each other. And uh, I, I don't really know where the incentives lie, to be honest, because I don't know anyone who's program cheats. I don't really know how cheats work myself, besides, like, the bare basics software-wise. And uh, I definitely don't know much about the, like, software behind combating it. Um, but I can say, I think the community sentiment, like, I've read a lot of threads where uh, the, like, admin team is very secretive, and the they, like, say they have a lot of tools to, like, catch cheating, but I think that's a lie. Like, I can tell that that seems to be false. If it was easy to catch cheaters, um, like, it wouldn't be a, as much of an issue as it is. Hmm, okay. That's definitely fair, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, well... I don't want to, like, shine a light too much on cheating, but there's, like, some more subtle things that are, like, exploits of the TF2 engine, more so. So, I'll just give one example that's, like, pretty well known that, like, nobody will have any exception to, and that's, like, backtracing. So, have you heard of that? Uh, no. It's basically, like, when when you're moving in TF2, there's, like, a couple different valid locations that you can shoot where the server still says, like, okay, that's a hit. Um, and you can kind of do... It, it works on, like, both sides, as far as I understand. I could be wrong, so if, like, someone's watching this with, like, a really good understanding, it's like, this guy knows no idea what he's talking about. Yes, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, either, like, it can work offensively, like, you can shoot uh, in, like, places that are very guaranteed to be a hit, basically, like, uh, and vice versa, like, you can have your player model move in specific ways so that it doesn't get hit as easily. Matrix spy. Somewhat, yeah, so that's kind of, like, roughly how it works, but, like, imagine kind of the possibilities that are involved with something more subtle, like, maybe something, maybe, like, because, like, the margins at, at the invite level are really, really small. So, like, imagine one in one in ten shots, like, no regs on you only. Like, not going to be something that the logs notice, but it's probably something that's going to affect the outcome of, outcome of the game, you know? Like, if one in ten shots, if one of those is a hundred damage meat shot and it no regs because you were cheating, like, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge benefit that like it would be really difficult to notice you know Th those are the kind of possibilities that exist hmm. okay. uh do you have any insight like or, or any thoughts on like the whole machine learning thing like i saw a lot of videos just talk about like how that was being used for cheating a while ago yeah i mean it's beyond interesting it's like the it, there's so much unexplored territory that it's it's a bit even i would say scary to me because like, I think if somebody put enough time and resources and computing power into kind of any aspect of the video game, that kind of... I don't, I don't know how to say this perfectly, but, like, if you put a lot of resources into machine learning, like, how to play the game, uh, like, you could essentially create like really really strong ais ais that are better than humans like not just at the aim portion of the game 
Like, even if you tune their aim to be, like, about equivalent to humans, like, they could be intellectually superior players. So, like, I think it's exceptionally interesting, but also a bit terrifying. uh, Because, like, computers could definitely be better at TF2 than humans. Hmm, okay. So, I, I mean, not to, like... I don't know, I feel like that was kind of an incomplete answer, but to kind of give the rough overview of like what machine learning is and like what it could provide uh, just to like a layman audience is like uh, machine learning could be used to kind of have an artificial intelligence actually um, be able to like play and interact with the game. So you could have kind of an, it's I I don't want to say an algorithm, but it's like it's like a machine learning algorithm that can figure out things that like humans couldn't ever possibly see, which would be really interesting. Like gameplay wise, statistically, like mm, you could figure out like sort of optimal. You could optimize your like plays much more by the numbers with machine learning if you figured out how to use it with within TF two. Because uh, you could figure out like the the high and low percentage plays, um, like in regards to which doors you push through and like which right. sacks you do. You could be the NASA soldier, <laughs> have the perfect rocket jumps. Exactly. Oh I my mean, god! Definitely, without a doubt, oh, you could figure. That's scary. I mean, I'm sure you could find with with like a a neural net sort of exploration. I'm sure you could find better rocket jumps than the ones that we already know about. I'm sure there are ones that have not been discovered yet that exist on the current maps. Hmm. Okay. Uh, do you have any... So coming from like a development or like programmer standpoint, do you have any insight as to like why Valve is treating TF2 the way they are? Actually, no. I, it really doesn't make much sense to me. I, I have said for a long time that like if I could work at Valve, I would, and I I would genuinely really try my best to uh, try to write the course, but I I really think what Valve does is, I mean, like, realistically speaking, it's the dream child of Gabe Newell and his close associates, and it's the same as RGL somewhat, it's like, they can choose to run the business however they, they feel like, and right now... They they don't care about TF2 and they don't want to do updates for it and they just don't want to spend time on the game. Mm. I think they they feel pretty similarly about CS:GO as well. They I think they put in the, like the bare minimum or like a decent level of effort for Dota and a lot of their time goes into uh, the other games. And they're also a relatively small company, so right. like uh- compared to the size of business they do, you know. Right. How about VAC? Why is it so like seemingly ineffective? Is it because it just hasn't been like maintained that well? Yeah, there's no development for VAC. Uh, even, well, I wouldn't say even for CS:GO, but definitely there has been no development on VAC at all. Period. Right. There is like one guy who. It's the same. It's the same story as what I was talking about before. There's like two guys at Valve who are qualified and willing to work on TF2. And they they do so as, like, a passion project. They have to 
kind of how the structure of the company works, they like have to kind of decide like do they work on do they work on a game like Dota? Do they, you know, kind of support what Gabe's wishes are or do they do they go against them? They work on TF2, maybe they they like aren't put up for their next promotion or something like I can understand how the programmers behind it like they don't want to take the risk to be the trailblazers to like work on TF2 if their like management doesn't support them. So it it extends to VAC, it extends to like anything. Like the only reason Valve does hats is because the community will do them and it's it takes seconds and it makes them millions. Hmm. So Okay. Now this is like probably a really silly idea. But what if like a lot of TF2 players just like subsidize some of the developers at Valve and pay them to like work on it for them? I, it would work. I, I mean, so I think like hypothetically it would work, but then the real issue becomes the legality and like intellectual property involved. Right, right. I think if you were to put up an amount of money, I think Valve would just kind of outright reject it as like an idea, like. Just as what I said before, I just don't think they want that to be the direction of their company, and they don't really care about the financial incentives behind it. So they're willing to like keep TF2 afloat and uh, cash their check, and uh, they don't really want to do anything else. But I think in terms of like if we wanted to poach someone to do like pro mod development, uh, that would be entirely possible. I think if someone made a pro mod, they could. They could fix TF2 kind of entirely. Actually, right. yeah, I think a pro mod. I'd love to hear like what Daffodil thinks about a pro mod also, but uh, I think a pro mod would be like the best way for the community to continue kind of long term because it allows us to have autonomous control of our game. <laughs> Maybe we could establish a council for that. <laughs> I think the pro mod council. I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on this idea because like. So I, I also play a lot of Dota, and so Dota's run kind of by one guy, I, um, Icefrog, who kind of oversees, has overseen Dota for its entire lifetime, like even since uh, Dota 1, he was a part of that. So he's like been kind of creating the trajectory of this game for uh, like 10 years now. I think having kind of a it's not as though he's without fault or anything like that. I wouldn't say that the community, like, is generally... I mean, the community is probably generally positive about all of his changes, but, like, it's more the idea that there's this one person who's kind of writing the story for how the game is going to go, if that makes sense. Like, it's it's really nice yeah. to have kind of one, one sole mind behind it, I feel. It would it would be nice to get kind of a similar sort of person. Obviously, like it would really take, I think, an exceptional individual to do something like that. But I I wouldn't be surprised if someone stepped forward in the next maybe five years to do something like that and continued to upkeep the game. Yeah, I definitely think it's like something that could be worth exploring. Yeah, I don't think there'd be much harm in just do, trying to do something like that. Oh yeah, definitely not. I think it would be really interesting to do our own community balance changes. Because uh, ultimately, like, 
what we do could have a benefit on the game at large because there are obviously some weapons that are just like so terrible and unusable even in pub gameplay like i'm sure that could be addressed as well okay let's start yeah <laughs> sorry continue i was just uh, oh, no. saying i'm nothing. trying to find the train of thought i had uh, oh yeah well how did you end up hiring maven for your youtube channel like what's the story there well i mean ultimately it's the same idea that like maven couldn't continue to work at rgl because he was doing it for free and so he stopped but i i mean i'm a pretty I've got like a wide wide root network and I, I saw his videos and I thought they were pretty good. So I was like, you know what? I really, I want to work with this guy. Like, I think he has good vision and I think he could help me a lot. Um, and so far we, we have a lot in the works, but uh, I guess stuff has started to come out now. So if you wanted to check stuff out, it's on my YouTube, Art- Arcadia TF2. Ubering heavy on last. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, we're we're trying to make some shorts oh, and uh, some educational, like medium length videos, and then hopefully, uh, in the long term, we'll make some. I, I or my goal personally, like I would love to have really comprehensive video resources, um, out there eventually. But mm. so, are you going to yeah. become the Khan Academy of TF2? I mean, that would be that would be kind of the goal, because I feel like there's... I'm just kind of in a unique crossroads of position where I'm, like, uniquely good enough at the game and willing to uh, commit my, my money, my resources, towards doing something that isn't financially viable. Hmm. You know, so... Right. Like, I, I just want to explore this, because I think it's fun, and I think people can benefit... You know, and it doesn't have to be, like, a profitable thing, ever. Right, like, obviously you are a man who has access to many, many Robux. <laughs> <laughs> the Robux entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I understand, like, some people are just simply not as fortunate as me. Like, I'm a single, single guy, I live with roommates, you know, so, like, my expenses are really low. I have, like, pretty high income. You know, like, not everyone is just fortunate enough to be in my position in real life so right i i really want to do something good with what i have you know i think that's pretty noble yeah <laughs> so how does it feel to be single-handedly responsible for killing the rgl youtube channel huh. I mean, it's not my fault maven was gonna quit and uh, uh okay. maven maven quit regardless actually i reached out to him like a fair amount after because he's he's i mean he's pursuing a career in development as well so in software so you know he's a he's a really smart guy he'll smart yeah i'm sure he won't want to do work with me forever but that's okay Hmm. so tell me more about the uh arcadia intelligence network give me some details (laughs) i mean who who are your agents do you work with code agents do you work for coden (laughs) i mean i know coden but no, I mean, hmm. I I I know Coden through the the kind of software project that he's doing, but it's mostly just I mean stuff like this. Like I come on here, I talk to you. Like I'll go somewhere else and talk to whoever, and I'll hmm. you know I'll share share my story. I'll listen to listen to whoever. Obviously, like this is a show where you listen to other people, but 
normally I'm I'm more of a listening type than a sharing type. That's fair. So I I, I mean I think it it works pretty well. But yeah, I I just love to like talk to. I mean it, it's mostly just out of like my own curiosity. I like to you know know what's interesting. I like to learn things and see what's going on. So I just like talk people. I ask questions. Uh, I like show genuine interest. I don't think it's very. It's it's not much. It's not like I'm doing something nefarious or anything, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Mm, uh, yeah, I, don't I, know. I am. I am up to something. I am, yeah, your first yeah. target was the RGL YouTube channel. You can't deceive me. Who yeah. could, who could your next target be? <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I can't say. Can I? Uh, Got too far. What if we merged our intelligence networks? It would be good. <laughs> we established just like the secret the tf2 secret service the tf2 secret intelligence yeah. network i mean that's like this i don't know how to say but like the social aspects of tf2 are are genuinely like really interesting to me the way that like an internet community kind of forms and interacts like just the kind of idea of that and like how that sort of works is is just really intriguing to me in general if that makes sense oh yeah i'd agree uh do you th- sorry no go ahead that, that was my whole thought oh i was gonna say do you think like these sorts of online communities get the attention care they deserve or do you think just like the social aspects usually aren't paid enough attention to and are neglected when i it- think what yeah what you said about the neglect yeah i think uh well in general like if you think about it like uh people who like get to the so like if you think about how rgl began like sigafu and his like highlander friends were like wouldn't it be a good idea if we made our own league that wasn't ugc because ugc sucks like that was their whole idea and then they did it sigafu was like yeah i can do software and he codes the website with no intention to ever have sixes or any other game mode and you know, eventually, it just became the de facto North American League, like, by chance, basically. Uh, so, like, these people who kind of rose to prominence had, like, no prior expertise in anything? I, I mean, I don't think that's unfair to say about some of the the players or, like, admins who have been around for a long time and, like, been an integral part. So, I I think it's, like... People with no experience or like little experience are bound to slip up and make mistakes uh, in terms of like how to design a a community and whatnot. So, right, okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, it's a bit of a tangent, but yeah, I think it's it's hard to like single-handedly sort of say like somebody did this on purpose and it was bad more like things sort of grew and evolved over time and like people are just kind of individually doing their best and sometimes like people's best i mean isn't as good as it as like a professional standard for example but that's okay yeah it's fair um do you have any other things you want to like talk about or like bring up that have that have been brought up already? I'm mostly done when it comes to the questions. Like I don't really have any more left besides the ending ones. 
Um, I'm just looking at my notes. Um, <laughs> Wait, you got notes as well? What the fuck? Well, I mean, obviously, like, okay, so when I, you know, you told me about this, so I was like, okay, I, I need some, like, purpose. I'm just a very purpose-driven guy, you know? So I was like, I need, like, an idea for wh why am I doing this? Why would I even want to do this? As someone who, like, okay. isn't that talkative or like social i mean you know like after this this is the most talking i've done all day so like i'm gonna have to drink a glass of water after this and like take a nap um but yeah i just wanted i i hoped that like if people liked what i had to say uh they could go to my youtube or my twitch and like enjoy more or like vice versa if if there was someone in the community who like watched this and is like a, a younger kid and like in the beginning of their career, um, I, I want to talk about this really fast, I guess, to wrap things up is like, I am not ashamed to say that like, I took a long break from 2017 to like 2021. So at least like four years of not playing the game outside of like a couple of pubs. I mean, if you, if you like, go back and look at my logs, it's just, like, empty for... I've got, like, 2015 logs, and then I've got, like, 2021 logs. And there's, like, not much in between. Um, okay. So I think, like, if there's someone watching who, like, has bad community rep or something, and is, like, you know, really just into the game and, like, doesn't have a good social life in TF... Or in uh, real life or something, like... I, I would say that, like, life can change really fast, and you can do, like, a lot of things in real life uh, that just have, like, even if you're a terrible TF2 player, you, like, you can quit and never come back, and that's okay. Or, like, you can quit and, com and come back after a long time, and that's also okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's obviously, like, pretty specific if... I don't know if someone kind of feels like my situation before or like feels like they're in that situation. Like it's totally good to like focus on real life and take some time away from the game and then come back later when you're in a better state. So hopefully that's a good way to end. Ah, I would agree. Yeah. Also, this is just a side note, but my crosshair changed after, after loading your demos, even after I closed the game and I'm just like, what the fuck? Uh, my, uh, my game is very powerful. I okay. I'm a programmer, and like sometimes I just have no understanding of like when I type in a command, will it permanently <laughs> affect my game? Or like I don't know. There's like a thousand different files in my config. Like I don't get it. <laughs> Did you infect my game? Like I, I genuinely yeah. don't know. I it's... don't know. My I swear to God, my commands have more power or something. Like. If I type in, like, CL underscore crosshair, I don't know, I make it, like, red, uh, like, everyone's crosshair becomes red. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Well, uh, right now it's a, a small yellow crosshair. Oh, great. Oh, like, the medic one? Nice. I guess so? Like, I genuinely don't understand. Like, I just had a small teal dot before. I had it for years, and after, like, loading those demos, it just changed. Honestly. Yeah, gotta, be, gotta be careful. It seems much better for gameplay than the small teal dot, though it has improved my DM drastically. So, uh, thank you. I guess like, I guess you gave me the mega yeah, no problem. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. um, okay. Are there any people like you want to shout out? Anything like oh, that? Oh, yeah. Uh, big shout out to Necro, scout teammate. Uh, big shout out to Q. Uh, 
uh, Brody, all the software guys who I talked about but didn't name, I'm very thankful for all of you, and uh, really thankful to RGL and all the admins, uh, especially like Reno and Exa. They do a great job, and they deserve to be paid. That's my stance. Uh, yeah, thanks to all those guys, and to you too. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, shout out to Maven, because he shouted me out, obviously. Could have shouted him out. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Tapping. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate oh. the platform. Oh yeah, of course. I think you had some really interesting things to talk about. Just like RGL from your perspective, like definitely important to get it out there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sweet. Uh, any community initiatives besides your own that you think are like interesting that you want to talk about? Uh, no, that's all for me. Okay. <laughs> I think I will uh, go and end the recording then. Yeah. Perfect.